I'm Steve Morgan, founder of Cybersecurity Ventures and editor-in-chief at Cybercrime Magazine. I'm here today with Philip Reitinger, president and CEO at the Global Cyber Alliance. This interview is sponsored by Security Scorecard, the leading security ratings company, which is used by more than 2,500 top companies, including Pepsi, McDonald's, Sally Mae, and many others. To learn more about Security Scorecard, visit securityscorecard.com. Phil, welcome. Great to have you on with us. Glad to be here. Before we dive in, you have a fantastic background. Maybe tell us a little bit about that and the Global Cyber Alliance. Sure. I'm one of those weird people who's been doing cybersecurity pretty much constantly for about 30 years. So I've got about 15 years in the U.S. government in various roles and about 15 years in the private sector. For the last eight or so years, I've been the president and CEO of the Global Cyber Alliance. And we're a sort of a unique animal. We are a nonprofit that works in cybersecurity, but we look a lot like a startup in the sense that our focus is not on writing report and recommendations and thinking about problems, but actually trying to solve them, to implement solutions at scale that really will work for everybody around the world to make them more secure, help them stay private from attackers and be able to have economic and social development in a way that the internet enables. So you've talked to many CISOs. I'm sure they're part of your network. If you're a CISO, what cybersecurity metrics and KPIs do you present to the CEO and board? That's a big talking point we've had. And how is the security team's performance measured? So I am a former CISO, and I talk to CISOs all the time. I think it's a tough problem. The measurement is still very much in its early stages in cyber. And so Trying to really measure risk is very difficult. I think there are a lot of growing areas that are of interest. There's some interesting people doing work and coverage. For example, there's a startup called Tidal Cyber that uses attack to measure the scope of coverage of the security services you've got. There are companies, metrics companies like Security Scorecard that do some really fascinating things and really helpful in terms of measuring what your publicly exposed vulnerabilities are and giving you a grade. So the more you can look to sort of COTS methodologies and capabilities that are distributed broadly, the easier it is because that gives you a benchmark that is super helpful. But in terms of actually managing risk and knowing what your key assets are, that still remains a very difficult problem for CISOs to address. So Phil, the security ratings industry in particular has brought more transparency to companies' cybersecurity posture, but it's really split right down the middle. We interview a lot of Fortune 500 Global 2000 companies, and some of the CISOs are very enthusiastic. They want to talk about this, but I have to say the other half, they really don't. The transparency can cause the CISOs consternation. Sometimes there are trust issues as far as they're concerned with customers, partners, and regulators, although others feel like that's a good thing. What's your opinion on this matter? And should CISOs be spending more time talking about this? Well, CISOs are going to be concerned anytime they're exposing vulnerabilities, right? They don't want to say or do anything that will increase their risk or cause them to be attacked. But one of the real advantages of those security rating services is that that's all publicly available data anyway, right? So one of the real values of those security rating services is the ability to do third-party risk management. So you have transparency with regard to your supply chain. 
and how secure your supply chain is in a very benchmarkable and clear way. That same data is available for you. So at least gives you an opportunity to talk about what you're doing and what you value when you talk to the public. I think transparency is super important. You've just got to walk the line in the right way so that you don't actually make your company, your shareholders, or your customers less secure by what you say. So, Phil, the SolarWinds and Uber data breach lawsuits are testing the boundaries of personal liability for company executives. And those aren't the only breaches, but they're certainly very prominent. One of the key questions of the cases is whether or not the companies exhibited standard of due care in day-to-day cybersecurity practices. Do these lawsuits impact how other organizations are going to handle cybersecurity transparency and measurement? Oh, for sure, they reduce it. I'm not a big fan of liability for companies or CISOs unless there's a clear case of derogation of duties. And the reason is that after the fact, in the case of a breach, you can almost always find negligence, right? There are so many things that you really ought to do. Any company or CISO is going to find things that they will try to get to, but they can't. There will always be holes. And why you can say, well, then it's not negligent. That's a great comment, right? But it's not actually true in effect. The organizations like the FTC look after the fact. They can say, well, we just look at the egregious cases, but the standards are not limited to that. You can always find a patch that should have been applied, but wasn't, almost always. And so I don't think negligence is a good standard for where we are until there's a clear understanding of what the duties are. And so I'm not a big fan of lawsuits against companies or lawsuits against CSEs. So let's talk about the White House National Cyber Strategy. It shows the U.S. government will take a data-driven approach to cybersecurity across the public and private sectors, and there will be an annual progress report on the implementation of the cyber strategy to measure its effectiveness. How can cybersecurity leaders, CISOs across public and private sectors, ensure they have trustworthy, reliable data that measures cyber resilience and effectiveness? Well, that's a big question. I'd say a couple of things about that. We've come a long way from the 2003 cybersecurity strategy, for example, that did things like request that the government would encourage companies to consider things. There were so many levels of indirection. The mandates, the requirements were really unmeasurable and unimplementable. We've now come to a place where we've actually got things that are at least possible to measure. And so part of this is making sure that when we're talking about the U.S. government, it really develops what those measures are and has them clearly identified and reports them to the public. And I think there's some real progress there. The Office of the National Cyber Director is working very directly on trying to further develop national cybersecurity metrics. For companies and other people, you know, it remains a work in progress. I think security rating services and those sorts of capabilities can be awfully valuable. I'd also say that there was a recommendation from the Cybersecurity Solarium Commission that really needs to be implemented, and that's to create a Bureau of Cyber Statistics. We don't have all the data we need. Companies don't have all the data they need. And so building an organization in the U.S. government like the Bureau of Labor Statistics, but one that actually collects without a particular goal in sight, but to support other people's goals, cyber statistics to enable measurement and move the ball forward and enable the economy to be better protected. I think that's the most important thing. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. 
Why do we keep secrets? They're mysterious, kept under lock and key, only available to a select few. But part of the problem with secrets is that they keep most of us out. What if we got rid of secrets, made everyone aware of their cyber risk, and transparency a priority? Knowing what's behind your security rating and where the data comes from not only builds trust, but restores it. In today's dangerous world of cybercrime, you need to know who you can trust in an instant, the risks you face, and who you can call. Security Scorecard is the security ratings response and resilience company. Security Scorecard created the trusted, must-have standard for measuring cybersecurity. Because cyber resilience isn't built on secrets. It comes from knowing your strengths and identifying your vulnerabilities. The world needs a common language to interpret cybersecurity data and communicate risk. With accuracy and transparency, cybersecurity becomes a team sport. Know in an instant whether an organization deserves your trust and show others you deserve theirs. With 360-degree insights, you protect your organization, stay proactive, and preserve trust. To learn more, visit securityscorecard.com. And now, back to the podcast. Well, we interviewed Mark Montgomery. I know he'd be nodding in approval and happy to hear what you just shared. Let me ask you about PwC. They put out their annual CEO study. They do a very good job on it. The 2023 edition focused on trust, and they found that 91% of business executives believe their company's ability to build and maintain trust improves the bottom line. 79% of consumers said that a company's protection of consumer data is instrumental to building trust. How do you think companies are doing in terms of being transparent about their cyber risk management strategies and their overall cybersecurity posture to maintain the trust of their customers? I think it's continuing to improve. We're nowhere near where we need to be yet. Certainly the CEOs and boards now have much more transparency and ability to manage cybersecurity within the company. And they really do understand that it affects the bottom line. Customers do care, but the ability of consumers to measure the level of protection that their service providers provide is still pretty nascent at best. We need to have further transparency and further growth and capability to enable customers to make effective security decisions. Again, it's a place where we're seeing progress. The Office of the National Cyber Director and CISA are moving forward very smartly on things like labeling regimes for IoT devices. And so that's the sort of initiative that can help you. So we can't interview somebody with your background without throwing a scary stat at you to get some feedback. A recent Scientia Institute and Security Scorecard study found that 98% of organizations globally have relationships with at least one breached third party. That was 98% of organizations. So, Phil, what role should increased transparency of cybersecurity ratings play in better protecting organizations from third and fourth party risk? I'd say a couple of things. One, I'm surprised it's only 98%. I would think that it's closer to 100. And it's probably not 100 just because not all organizations know they've been breached. The second thing is managing your supply chain risk is still one of the, if not the biggest problem for CISOs. It's the greatest area of unmanaged risk. CISOs need to think about, and companies need to think about, how they can effectively manage that. You're not going to be able to have third-party ecosystem where there hasn't been a breach. Service providers that basically are a service provider to everybody in the industry 
They've suffered breaches before. So sometimes there's not even an option, nor would you want to be, because the fact that you've had a breach may not say anything about what your security is or what your security is right now. CISAs are going to need to focus on scalable means of measuring third-party risk. And things like security rating services are essential components of that kind of strategy. I'd say one other thing that I think more companies need to focus on is, especially with regard to their smaller suppliers, actually focusing on what's doable. Getting basic small providers to do basic cyber hygiene, things that my organization supports through its free cybersecurity toolkits. If you can just get those small providers to do the very basics, like use multi-factor authentication and patch their systems, you're going to be a much better place than you are by trying to have them fill 70 or 700 questionnaire about their security practices, which are going to be of doubtful veracity in any of that because they just don't know. Phil, recent research by Security Scorecard found that critical infrastructure organizations have concerning cybersecurity posture health. For example, they found 48% of critical manufacturing organizations have a C security rating or below. What are the primary reasons that critical infrastructure organizations struggle to reduce their cyber risk? I think all organizations struggle to reduce their cyber risk. A big challenge for some of the bigger players, especially those who have operational cybersecurity concerns, is things like downtime. The cadence just of patching systems is really difficult to match. And if you're shutting down systems to patch them, then they're not operating. Still, a lot of critical infrastructure companies have a reasonable amount of unsupported software in their systems. I bet people would be shocked if you went around and looked at critical infrastructure entities to see how many still have Windows XP or Windows 2000, for heaven's sakes, running in some of their operations. It's super hard to do. And as we get into more and more complex cyber environments where the internet and electronic communication are affecting everything big companies do, it just becomes a more and more complicated system to manage. And so I'm not shocked at the security scorecard results. That strikes me as about right. And I think there are some entities that do this super well. There are banks that have larger cybersecurity budgets than most nations in the world, but that's not true of everybody. And it remains a problem. I like to say that the biggest problem in cybersecurity is scale. It's a problem for everybody and it affects everything both big companies and individuals do. So last question before we let you go, Phil, has to do with customers and partners. They demand cybersecurity for all third parties, or at least they should. When looking to work with a new security vendor, what should a CISO and their cybersecurity team measure as part of the evaluation process? Going back to my experience, I'd say the thing that is not considered enough is how hard is what that vendor does for you, what their technology is. How difficult is it to deploy and how well does it integrate with what you've got? Because a really, really great capability that's hard to deploy and hard to use doesn't really help a lot. I'd say pay attention to how well the plays well with other score of the company you're working with is. Are they focused on interoperability? Do they want to work with others? Or are you going to stick with their stack alone? Because actual usability is of more significance than technical capability. 
Well, Phil, we really appreciate having you on with us. Fascinating discussion. Hopefully, we'll have you come back on with us next year and see where the industry and CISOs are and hopefully in a better place than they are today. Glad to be here. I'm Steve Morgan, founder of Cybersecurity Ventures and editor-in-chief at Cybercrime Magazine. This interview is sponsored by Security Scorecard, the leading security rating company, which is used by more than 2,500 top companies, including Pepsi, McDonald's, Sally Mae, and many others. To learn more about Security Scorecard, visit securityscorecard.com. You can keep up with all of our media at cybercrimemagazine.com.